Hey, this is Ox with the Unbiased Trailblazer podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Unbiased Blazers. There's a link in our bio for our Discord server where you can join in on the discussions, give us your takes, give us comments, or just join in on a podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Rip City, baby. Three, two, one, zero, zero. Lift off and the clock has started. Rip City. It is a glorious Friday. This is a special edition of the Unbiased Trailblazer podcast. We woke up on a Friday morning ready for the weekend and we are shocked and surprised and I would guess probably thrilled with the news that we heard. The Portland Trailblazers have decided to move on from Neil O'Shea. They fired him this morning. Um, I don't know about you, Fawad, but I was sitting at work and I was talking to a friend at work about stocks and how terribly bad my stocks are. And as I'm looking at my stocks, uh, I get this alert pop up on my phone saying Neil O'Shea has been fired. Uh, what, what what was it for you? I have uh, Fridays off. I have no classes or anything, so I sleep in all the time. I wake up with like, and I have two notifications on for, for Shams, for Woj, for Chris Haynes. So I just wake up and I see like... 10 notifications that Neil O'Shea has been fired. I'm like, holy. I I was not expecting it at all. I did think initially that it would come at some point, but then, you know, you remember how Quick said that now he thinks that uh, O'Shea is going to end up staying. So at that point, I thought O'Shea was just staying until the end of the season. So I was not expecting this news to come at all. Um, yeah, I was just shocked, really. Yeah, I mean, I was mid-conversation with my friend, and I was like, okay, I got to stop. I got to go look at all this. So, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, normally the news breaks that lately have been happening have been towards the end of Fridays, not 9 o'clock in the morning Pacific time. So it was crazy. And then I joined the uh, Twitter spaces that, they, that the Blazers fans had going on, and it was just everybody was so excited and so hopeful, and it really does kind of like... <clears throat> Even though we had a terrible game last night, it kind of makes you forget about everything. It's almost kind of like a clean slate, and we're just hoping for some more change. So with that being said, like I mentioned, Neil O'Shea is no longer uh, the GM for the Blazers. Uh, you said you had an article about who the who the new interim GM is. Uh, do you have any information on him at all? Yeah, so the interim GM is Joe Cronin, and... There's not even a lot of information out there. When I googled his name, a different Joe Cronin came up, a baseball player. So he's not even the most famous Joe Cronin. But um, Joe Freeman is a beat reporter for the Blazers, and he had posted an article that he wrote uh, 10 years ago about Joe Cronin. And it doesn't tell us like a whole lot, but it just says that he's really good with the uh, NBA salary cap and the CBA. And I mean, I guess that's good, but I would expect most GMs to be pretty good with that. Um, but I, I like, I like the little details of the cap and, uh, and CBA myself. So I was kind of happy about that. Like, I don't know. I, I just felt like I have a little bit of a connection. Um, 
so just based on that there's nothing else there's just like different examples of like i don't know how he um how he learned the cba and how he got to the blazers in the first place but as someone who wasn't or at least i don't think he was that high up in the front office i feel like there's not much to judge him on um and that's that's going to be the case with basically anyone who who hasn't been a gm themselves you don't really know how much of um like the team they were part of the like their moves how much were they responsible for it, how much was it, how much was um someone else responsible for it so like i don't really have a strong reaction to the interim gm um yeah because there's really nothing to base him off of he seems like a nice guy based off that article like a hard-working um like just a nice person but like that's about it yeah i mean truly i've never heard of him and it sounds like Me he's neither. been with us for at least a little while so yeah um yeah i mean with you mentioning the cap space that's going to be an interesting thing because as we all are all too aware our cap situation is a little uh iffy so him having you know some some good knowledge on that might be helpful do you think do you think we find out sooner rather than later on if we're hiring a new gm or if we're going to go through this season with him what do you think um well depends on what you think is sooner and what's later like i do think we'll have someone by the trade deadline which is i think february 10th if i remember correctly so that's about like two a little bit over two months away so i feel like by then we should have someone because i doubt like this is an important season for the blazers um exactly roster wise dame wise everything so i don't think they would leave that up to an interim gm they would want to they want they would want someone making the decisions who's going to be here long term so i think latest maybe like mid-january but you know again i'm just speculating i have no information or concrete like reason to believe that so i'm gonna i kind of want to talk about a little couple things here but i want to add i think we are probably i would assume we would see a, a new gm soon because with the status of our roster and how we've been performing i think they realize change is needed this roster isn't able to do what's needed. And if, if they wait till closer to the trade deadline, that gives that GM less time to work out deals. So if I'm just trying to think with my own brain and my opinion, I would want to try to get a new GM in this as soon as possible, but who knows, maybe they, they go with the interim GM for now and, you know, try to work out trades together as a group. I mean, mean, as far as that goes. It could just be that they like this interim GM and they are exactly. pretty much planning on giving him the job and maybe they'll just do like a little bit of due diligence and look at other yeah. people, but it might just be that they already have who they want. Yeah, And, and this, this uh, investigation has been going on for a while, so they, they've known that they'll likely need someone yeah. else, so exactly. I would not be surprised if they've already done like a decent search already. Yeah, and before we go into talking about the other GMs, Let's just quickly, I'm sure most people listening already are familiar with Neil O'Shea. The biggest problem with him, and we've we've both agreed that we weren't completely against him. He's just not a very big risk taker. He's more of just a play it safe, get a roster that can compete, and then hope for the best. 
I'm 100% ready for someone to come in and just take risks, and it's now or never. So I don't know how you feel about that, but that was one of the biggest issues with, with Olshay was he was more of just a play-it-safe kind of guy. And how do you yeah. feel about yeah, I'm definitely one of the more um, relatively pro Neil Olshay guys and like probably in all of the Blazers uh, fandom. I think he's made like a lot of really, really good moves. Not, none of them for a star, obviously, but that's not easy to do. Um, he's made a couple mistakes and a couple of really big mistakes. But um, in terms of like the number of moves, I think he, his good strongly outweighs the bad. But his flaw comes from what you said. He He's not... A big risk taker, risk taker, and specifically with CJ, he's been extremely reluctant to trade him. And even I have been like, eh, it's a really risky move to trade him. But at this point, I'm not even gonna get into it too much. But at this point, I'm ready to send CJ off, even if we get like pennies on the dollar. <laughs> um, but yeah, I won't get into that. That's a conversation for another day. But yeah, his biggest flaws are definitely that he's um he's risk averse and he's I guess arrogant is the right word or he's like yeah, um definitely he's so sure of his moves that he wants to see see it go through instead of trying something different. And uh, and it, yeah. it feels like the last couple of years he's just like moved players, you know, minor players for other minor players hoping that's the difference that we need. Nance was probably besides the Nurkic trade, which that's the, that's to me the Nurkic trade is the biggest success that he's had, and it's not even been that big of a success. So all the time that he's been with Portland, one trade. I mean, the Norman Powell trade is a good trade. It, it was kind of a lateral trade because we were getting rid of Gary Trent for him, so it wasn't like yeah, wasn't it was, much it was gain. About yeah, but as far as the Nurkic trades, that's about the only trade where everyone was like, oh, "Okay, this is this is gonna that's a good trade that works out for us." Nance was another one. Um, I liked the um, he's gone now, but Rodney Hood we traded. True, like, true. What was it like Wade Baldwin and uh, what was his name Nick Stauskas? They they weren't even in our, in our <laughs> rotation, and Rodney basically became a starter for us for a couple of games as well. Before he got injured, so until he got injured, I, th- I thought that was like a, a really great trade. Um, yeah, and that and kind of Robert... feels like a no-brainer trade, honestly. Like if anyone yeah. got that offer, they're like, "Yeah, I'll take that right away." <laughs> yeah, but he was able to get out there and That's get true. that. That offer. is true. Um, and then the Covington is similar to um, the Norman Powell trade, where the value is about equal. He didn't yeah. like come out with a home run, but I think the value that he brings to us is greater than two rookies and would be. So I think that was a good trade too. But again, like the value is uh, most of GMs could probably make that trade to be honest. Yeah. And another thing I wanted to add, it was, it's extremely weird. The timing of all of this, he was actually Very at the weird. game last night. He was sitting there watching the game. I know Jason quick tried to ask Jody Allen about the, the process that's been going on. And she said, no comment. And then wake up this morning and he's a goner. So I don't know if last night's game was the tipping point. I don't know if they were just finally at this point. Let's let's move on. Um, it looks like actually before we go any farther, it looks like we might have just got a message from somebody talking about Neil Olshay. Let me see what it says real quick. 
also real real quick um jason quick uh, like continuing on that he said that yeah go for it uh jason quick talked to uh what was her name uh, jody allen and some someone else Bert something i can't find it right now and there was no indication to neil that he was gonna get <clears throat> fired and then he was informed this morning so it's it seemed like he was okay last night at least in, from his point of view but yeah i don't think they made this decision overnight it was probably like just they were i think they had the decision already yeah even even before that so in discord otis just sent us a message on this whole situation and i think for for a lot of us this is the one aspect of neil o'shea that we all can kind of agree on is he was actually a pretty good rookie drafter he he made some pretty good choices in the draft so otis said if you look at the actual draft record versus the average there's Will Barton, Pat Connaughton, Alan Crabb, Zach Collins, Nasir Little, Anthony, CJ, Gary Trent, and then of course Lillard. Yeah, he said these than, guys go for it. Other than Dame and CJ, those were all late first round or second round, yes, and they're exactly. all rotation players around the league, and that's much higher than the average player you get at like the position they were drafted in. And that is exactly what Otis is saying. Those are all late first rounders or second rounders, and they're still in the league, and they all have second contracts. So he said his biggest fear is losing that that draft record because of how well he did draft. It's just the other issues that he had. And so Otis, I just want to shout you out. That's perfect, perfect, perfect. We appreciate it. Um, that is something to be concerned about. Right now, we don't really have many picks, so it's not much we can do in the draft anyways. But it will be an issue pretty soon. Um, so do you have a GM in mind that you want? I do not. But really, one last thing about the draft. Uh, he did miss really badly on Caleb Swanigan with the 27th, yes. 27th, 28th? Yes. I think 27th pick in the 2017 draft. And then he traded two picks to move up for Zach Collins. And I like Zach Collins a lot. Most people did. So because he got injured, it looks kind of bad, um, yeah. especially since there were a lot of other players around him. But like that was just an okay, I guess. Uh, but everyone else has been a positive draft pick. Um, yeah, so about... I don't know who, who I would want. I don't know too much um, about other... Like uh, other front office people around the league, um, even like the big GMs or the who I would have some um, opinion of, they're either not going to leave their teams or there's a reason they left their teams, like they were fired. So I don't know, I don't know who, I don't know who I would want. I know a couple of people I wouldn't want, but I don't know. Um, Who's the couple you wouldn't want? So Chris Haynes tweeted earlier that. Uh, two candidates that are expected to receive strong consideration are the Bulls GM and the Knicks GM. The Bulls GM is great. I don't think he's he's even gonna like consider leaving. But the Knicks GM Scott Perry, I think he had a big part in why New York was so bad for all these years. And then once they hired a new uh, president, which was I think like Leon Rose, that's when the Knicks started to turn around. And Scott Perry had nothing to do with that. So I don't think I would want him. Um, and then a lot of fans want Danny Ainge. He's pulled off a couple big trades, but I feel like he's pretty overrated overall. Um, he's made a couple bad moves, and 
the sentiment uh, before he left was that a lot of players are unhappy with him because of the Isaiah Thomas thing, how he has like no relationship or care sure. about his players. One thing that Neil Oshie <clears throat> did right for the most part, he did right by his players a lot. And I think most players were like um, happy or they, they were treated how they should with, with, with respect, basically. And Danny Ainge trades everyone with like no regard. That could be helpful for building a team, but it also could hurt the culture. It could hurt um, how how much players buy into the team. Well, I'm not huge on him, but I would be okay if we got Danny Ainge. But I would prefer to go somewhere else. Yeah, Danny Ainge is a pretty popular choice. Uh, he grew up around Portland. Uh, he played for Portland. A lot of people like, you know, when he was in Boston making the trades that he made to get the players he wanted. So I can see why people want him here. Um, I can like see I said, it too. Yeah. Like I said, to me, it's just I want someone who's still is okay with taking risk. And if it's Danny Ainge, if it's anybody, as long as they're okay with taking risk and realizing that this is a like win now for us or else it's over with. That's what we need. So I think Danny Ainge would definitely be willing to take risks. I'm just scared that he might be too willing. Too too many risks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I and think then it's like I think at one point with Boston he was rumored to trade or he wanted to trade like four picks for Justice Winslow or something and the other team turned it down. I think it's Miami. So if he if that one his track record look would look a lot worse. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, you're taking risks by trading players, but yeah. I think as far as our team is considered and we know what we have and we know what the outcome is going to be, there's not much risk at at this point. You, we're going to have to trade CJ. We have to make a decision on Simons and Nurk. So I have a feeling at least one of those has got to go if they're going to make trades because I don't think we're going to be able to re-sign both of them. Um. Essentially, if we don't trade CJ, that's to me, that's telling me Simons is gone, that they're not even going to try. I just don't see how we can keep four guards that are 6'3. It's yeah. just, it I think at work. least one of them has to go at the trade, de- trade deadline, and hopefully it's CJ because I think Ant can, yes. um, you know, we all believe in his potential. And <laughs> just as a worst case scenario, if Dame does decide to um, leave this offseason, then is a decent piece to like to have a young core with to start your young core with for sure i mean we we have nasir little who's looking to you know he's making the right steps we have simons who's making the right steps both are still very young um if dame i to me in my opinion dame has to be probably one of the most happy people out of everybody he's not going to come out and say you know, Neil O'Shea needs to be fired and all that. He's just going to, he's one of those guys that just comes to work and plays and does what he needs to do. But I know, I have to believe he is more than satisfied with what happened today. He wanted change. Change didn't happen. I, I can almost guarantee it that he's happy. And you mentioned that he was supposed to be on Reddit today, right? Yeah, Dame. And he supposed was going to do an AMA on uh, RNBA. Yeah, and that that's a that's some interesting timing. So if he does end up doing that today, I'm curious to hear what he what kind of questions he gets and what he says to those questions. I feel like he wouldn't even respond to the Neil O'Shea questions, but I really truly hope that he does. Yeah, <laughs> even yeah, if it's right? like 
even if he kind of dodges it a little bit, I just want something, you know. So one other questions, because I mean, do you agree? Do you think Dame's more than happy that Olshay's gone? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, he was probably ready to move on, probably even before last year. Now, what about Nurk? How do you think he's feeling? Um, I don't know if there's actually anything to back this up, but I feel like Nurk did not like Olshay at all. I feel exactly the same way. And I don't really know why I think that. I just feel like that's the vibe I've gotten. I try to think like why he wouldn't. And the only thing I can think of is that he sees the way he kept Stotts for so long and how Stotts wasn't really using him. Because I think we all knew that Nurkic was annoyed with Stotts. By the end, yeah. Yeah, by the end he was over. And I'm going to be honest with you. We all love Nurk. And he's he's been an important piece to our team. This season, and honestly, last season, he's since that injury, he's not been the same, which is understandable. But it's just mentally, he's not. There's games when he has these. Um, he's so inconsistent. He has these great games, and then he follows them up with just, just last night's game against San Antonio was. That was one of the worst games I've ever watched, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, that was not a pretty sight to see. I mean, and yeah, for sure. Like everyone knows, even Nurk will admit it himself that he has um, issues controlling his emotions, and he gets moody. Oh, sorry, and he gets moody at times. Yeah. So I'm curious to see the outcome of what's going to happen with this. Um, do you have anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I can go on for a while. Um, a new GM, like a new GM, is just so important. If we pick someone who's not good, and I think there's a very good chance that we could end up hiring someone who's not um better than Neil, even though they'll take risks and it might it might work out in the short term. I think it might. Um, there's a good chance that we could hire someone because it's it's always going to be a risk. And then there's uh, if we hire someone that's worse than Olshay, we could be stuck in a rebuild for a long, long time. So this. Whoever we hire, it needs to be um, a really good decision. And Bobby Marks just tweeted about what... The, sorry, one second. I think he's trying to say that the new GM should look at trading Dame. So I'm never mind. I'm not even going to read that. Uh, if, the, if I read that correctly. But yes, there were some other, um, um, other candidates that were tweeted out by some reporters. I was just pulling that up. So, one of them hmm. I saw was Tayshawn Prince. Yeah, Tayshawn Prince was one of them. I think Sean Hyken and someone else tweeted that. Um, been he said he's been hearing Tayshawn's name consistently since this all started a month ago. And Tayshawn, I didn't even know he was in the Memphis front office. Me Apparently, he's been there for a while, and um, at least fans, their fans, think he's pretty good. Um, and Which then I'm the not other surprised name... because he's Billups' teammate and they're good. Oh, yeah. Friends. And then, yeah, they were on the Pistons together. I think they were both on, on the championship team. Yeah, they were. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be interesting. I, could, I would be on board for that. It is a risk, though, because he, I don't think he's been a GM ahead, like the GM himself. Um, and then another name that was floated out was, again, by Sean Hyken, Spurs executive Brent Berry. And I feel like I've heard positive things about him as well. So either of those, I think uh, they could be pretty... I think that those could work out. I mean, at this point, we're in a 
we're in a free for all right now, so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. If we hire Tayshawn, we might as well bring Rashid back in some capacity as well. Right? Bring the whole team. <laughs> and then, rip Hamilton too. And ben then hopefully Wallace. Ben Wallace can teach us defense. Like Yo, if, God, he, if he can't, I don't know what I don't know who can. So let me ask you one more question. So CJ obviously is the probably the most likely person to be traded. For sure. Who do you think I first off I want to say this. I made a joke when this when the news broke. I, I tweeted out, I bet, I can guarantee you that Portland Trailblazer phone is ringing off the hook from Philadelphia trying to get Damian Lillard traded to them now. Yeah. So, who do you think is a realistic target for CJ? That's like a whole podcast uh, itself. Like I said earlier, I, at this point, I'm so frustrated with CJ that I'd be willing to just send him out and even if we just get a role player in return i think i would be happy with that at this point um but uh, in terms of like equal value i've been saying jeremy grant for the longest time and he has kind of been worse than what i expected this season but i still think as like the third guy on offense after damon norm um i think he could be really well he has enough shot creating ability he can definitely spot a spot up uh, in the corners like he did with Denver, and he's a great defender too, so I think that could be a really, really good fit um, at the three for us, or even he, he can play the four as well. And he's big, so he can guard some of the big wings on other teams, like like a LeBron. Um, and then obviously there's the Ben Simmons of it all. I'm, yeah, that I, was a hot topic today. <laughs> I, I'd say I've slightly warmed up to that over the past... Um, couple of weeks but basically i've just gone from zero chance to i don't think it would work but it might be worth it worth a shot so i think that's where i'm at right now what do you think jeremy grant probably 1a 1b the other person i would love to have and whether it could ever even happen see occam which we've talked about oh yeah they have scotty barnes i'm sure they want him to be more of a focal point see hasn't really played very much he's been injured yeah. Um, I know they have Gary Trent. I know they have Fred Van Vliet, <clears throat> but they're kind of getting loaded up with talent to the point where they're not able to play everybody the right amount of time. And Scotty Barnes is pretty, pretty special. He's a rookie. He's probably going to end up being rookie of the year. If I had to guess, um, Siakam just seems like <clears throat> he could be so helpful for us. Um, yeah, I think he fits beautifully with our team. So for for me, it's him or Grant. Honestly, I know we talked. We started off saying, "Yeah, we want Ben Simmons," and then we kind of like tapered off of it. And we're like, "Never mind, we don't." If it was just a straight swap for CJ for Ben Simmons, I have no problem with it. Once you start getting into more, giving up more, that's when. Yeah, I'm still completely against giving up any picks. For... Yeah, that's when we have to really like question. Like, is there not a better deal than this right here? Um, but the Occam, I think would be my number one followed very closely by Jeremy Grant. And honestly, if either one of those two were to happen, I'd be ecstatic with, with that. So also another factor why I think, uh, Jeremy Grant would be a really good target. Um, uh, Siakam and Simmons both make 33 million compared to CJ's 31. So we would be taking on money. And with the repeater tax, that's 
that's going to add up like significantly. That's true. Um, so I don't know if ownership would be willing to do that, but we also have Robert Covington, who I'm sure we will be looking to trade. So I, if we offset, um, either send him to that team or maybe somewhere else and get um, enough less in return, that could work. Um, but again, it would be I'd really assume. I'd assume that's what would happen. Any trade with CJ where we're getting a big name player, Covington's probably in that deal as well. Yeah, but if we do send him to a different team, like not Toronto, if we do Siakam, not Philadelphia, if we do a Simmons, it's gonna be really tough because we're taking on two million from CJ, and then we're already three mil over the tax. So yeah, we're gonna have to cut five million, and Covington makes like twelve. So that's really not really possible unless. It's a t- um, I think there's two or three teams that have a trade exception that's that big. Mm-hmm. So I'm just rambling on into the uh, details of the cap now. But see, I love essentially... that you're into this cap so much. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I I know a lot about it. I enjoy looking at it. So um, yeah, it's not really possible except for I don't remember off the top of my head. I know Boston for sure has a trade exception that's enough, uh, that could fit him. Um, I feel like Orlando might be one, and there was a third one. I don't remember who that was. But yeah, if if we send him to a different team, that would be really tough. If we send him to like um to the Sixers for maybe Simmons and Thibel or maybe like Corkmaz or something, I think that could probably work. Um, I don't know the math right now, but yeah, the point is, if we trade C- uh, CJ for one of them, we would definitely have to trade um tra- trade Covington as well, and likely yep. get less value than he probably yep. should earn otherwise. But if that means getting our defense better, yeah, getting us a definitely. bigger name player, then I think it's worth it. Um, something's got to change, though. I think we're all in agreement that yeah, something, sure. something's got to change. Um, anything else before we wrap it up? I got to head back to work pretty soon. So, All right, just one last closing thought. Um, you just said change, and we're, we're obviously about to have a big change, but I don't know how much of that is going to affect the team. Hopefully it, it's a positive effect, but if we keep playing as with as little effort as we are right now, it doesn't yeah. matter what the roster is. We're not going to be winning anything like this. So hopefully the new GM is able to um, motivate the guys a little bit more somehow, but right now it seems like more than just a roster issue. I don't know if it's a coaching issue or if it's just on the players, but they don't seem... well. To be putting in a lot of effort. You you bring up a good point. I, I wanted to talk about it, so thanks for reminding me. One thing I've been disappointed about this season, I know, I know it's early and I know it's first-year coach. Accountability? But yes, he comes out, Chauncey sells us on this, I'm going to hold people accountable. I'm going to put an address on it. And literally, the interviews I've heard, he's putting blame on other coaches. The other night, he blamed, I think he blamed Scotty Brooks, I think is who it was, on defense, saying, I'm not a defensive coach. So it's like, you need oh, to... Really? I didn't. I didn't hear that. I didn't listen yeah, to he... that. I can't remember when it was, but someone asked him about defense, and I, I think it was Scott Brooks. He said, I'm not the defensive coach he is. And it's like, first of all... Rogers not... is our defensive coach, though. Well, he, I think, I thought he said Scott Brooks, which is why I thought it was weird, because I'm like, that is... I would not consider Scott Brooks a defense. Maybe I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, someone tell me. I just I swear that's what I heard, or maybe I read it. I can't remember. It was very weird. But even then, he's not holding these players accountable. He's he said, you know, I mean, we heard him say he was gonna, you know, if change doesn't happen, we're gonna have to make a change with our lineup. Yeah, 
the only changes made is because of injuries. <laughs> so it's it's just I like Chauncey. I think he could be a good coach. And like I said, he said the right things. Now he has to act on those on what yeah, he said. Speaking of his post game interviews, I think the last game actually it probably wasn't yesterday, it might have been the one before. Um I didn't see it myself, but I saw someone say that he's he said he's been disappointed with our effort lately, even in our wins. And I found I that a little bit frustrating because I have seen some of his post game interviews after the wins, like in wins that I thought our effort was low and we still managed to beat a team because they were just that bad. And mm-hmm. he, I don't, he never said anything about um, not being happy with our effort in those wins. He would like compliment the team, and that was a little bit frustrating to me because we, some games we didn't even deserve that win, and we did pull it out. And he was seemingly okay with that, and I found that annoying. Yeah, I think on our next podcast, I think we're gonna we we should talk a little bit about Billups because yeah, that's beginning to get a, a little touchy subject with everybody now. So we've we've moved on from fire Terry Stotts, <laughs> we've moved on from fire Neil Olshade. Now the question is, what's the next? What's the next thing? Is it gonna be fire Billups? Is it gonna be trade CJ? Is it gonna be? I mean, obviously everyone says that already, but what's the next big big thing? I feel like Jody is going to be the next target for, for the fan base. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, you can't fire the owner. Yeah. And right now, the way the team's looking, it's not very uh, appetizing for someone to want to buy. So <laughs> That's true, too. So anything else before we wrap up? No, I think I got out all of my thoughts. We will most definitely on Monday continue this conversation because I'm sure we'll have more that comes out and more to want to say. But I just we wanted to get this podcast out real quick. Big news. Um, Step in the right direction, I think. Just all depends on where we go from here. Um, But it's at least the correct first step. Um, So I hope you guys have a good night. See you later. Neil O'Shea wouldn't want to be you. And as always, (laughs) Rip City, baby.